Ladies, if you are tired of the traditional group coaching model that was right for a season, but it isn't right for now, if you are ready to have elevated conversations, ready for masterminding in the truest sense of the word, where you combine your collective wisdom and your collective intelligence and what God is speaking to your heart, if you are ready for an experience that takes your soul into account, into your life and relationships and the totality of you into account, then I want you to connect with me because God has given me the vision for a mastermind experience that is like no other, that is really going to take you to the next level in your business, in your relationships, in your life, where you can connect with some extraordinary women just like you who are ready to go all in on the vision that God has given them. An awakening is happening, and I know you're feeling it in your soul. A renaissance is happening, and it's time for you to emerge. I want you to message me. I want you to go to my website and reach out because I really, really want to connect with you more, have a conversation and really talk to you about this mastermind experience that is by invitation only. And it'll be a select group of extraordinary women who want to go all in on what God is calling them to do. Don't wait, don't delay, because these invitations won't be available for long. And I want you to be at that table with us. Welcome to the Elevated Podcast. I'm Amy Van Slambrook, former corporate executive turned therapist and coach to high profile women and couple entrepreneurs. And we are going to have the conversations you've always wanted to have with the people you have always wanted to know. We are going to bring your life, your faith, your business, and most of all, your relationships to an elevated level through conversations you've never heard before. Tune in and stay with us because it's about to get really, really elevated. Welcome. I'm Amy Van Slambrook. I'm a therapist and coach, and I specialize in trauma and relationships. I am joined today by one of my absolute favorite people on the planet, the amazing and the legendary Tim Story. Tim, welcome. What a privilege to be on your program and thank you for that introduction. Well, let me read just a little bit of your bio because Tim's bio is so amazing that we could spend 30 minutes going through everything that he has accomplished and done in his life. But Tim is a world-renowned motivational speaker, pastor, life coach to the stars. He has traveled to 75 countries of the world more than once. That doesn't mean just one, one trip to those 75 countries. He is a New York Times bestselling author. His book was featured on Oprah and that was Come Back and Beyond. His newest book, it's called The Miracle Mentality. And we will tell you more about that later in the program. Tim really continues to counsel and advise and coach not only celebrities, but also high-level business leaders, corporations, and um, people of influence. Um, he is being relied on more and more and has participated in Grant Cardone's 10X event. He also has been on many, many podcasts. You'll find him on the Ed Milet Show, Lewis Howes, and a plethora of others. This man is just incredible and has a heart 
that really reflects God. And I say, every time I'm with Tim, I feel like I've spent a little time with God as well, because he just exudes God's love to everyone. So thank you, Tim, for being here with us. What a privilege. And thank you for that. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. So we're talking really about legendary love stories, which I think take a variety of forms. And I know that you're really called upon to help leaders and high profile business people, both men and women. Um, And we can't really coach and advise them without looking at that fundamental piece of their lives. And so I just wondered if you could share a little bit about your journey to doing the work you do now with those high profile people because I know you're guiding them through setbacks of all kinds. Yeah, so I love the the whole title of this. I think the the legendary love story uh, for me started when I saw a friend of mine in high school and she was reading a book about the life of Mother Teresa. Mm -hmm. So I saw that she was reading this book and I thought that was an interesting book for this particular student who was quite bright. And I asked her about it and she told me what it was, the life of Mother Teresa. So um, when she was almost done with the book because she would keep bringing it to class, um, she said, would you like to read it? And it was interesting that, that I was busy. I was an athlete. I was doing a lot of things. I had homework and I said, yes. So this was about my junior year of high school. So I read this book and it really was a love story of a lady who was a a teacher, a nun, who saw orphans outside of her school and she had a heart for the orphans and fell in love with these orphans and decided to start helping them. I mean, little did she know at the beginning of this love story where it would lead and that would be touching thousands and thousands of orphans around the world and becoming the iconic Mother Teresa. And that her love story would affect my life and help create a love story of me being a humanitarian and wanting to help people. That's amazing. That is just amazing. Because I know her love story really touched people who are orphaned in a lot of ways. Wasn't just wasn't just children who didn't have parents there, but also people who feel orphaned in their lives and many times orphaned just from their circumstances. And I know that's a lot of what you deal with as you help people climb out of the pits that they're in in their life. Well, that's a great observation because it's not, as you're saying, just an, an orphan because they don't know who to connect to, but you can be connected and as you know, be an orphan in your in your heart. Yeah. And be connected even to a family in a marriage and still have an orphan heart. And um, that's a lot of what you teach on and help people to reconnect and then to be healthy in the heart. And so that's a great observation. Yeah. Thank you. Well, and I think you you teach people so many things about the fundamentals of what that means, whether it's creating a love story with their spouse or with their partner, or also, you know, with their children and and with their mission. And I know you have some really key components that you say have to be in place if you're going to have that role. 
and my strength is the love story. My, the love story between uh, me and finding a relationship with God. Yeah. There's a scripture in the Bible, Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24, that says, thus saith the Lord, let not the rich man glory that he's rich or glory that he has power, but let him glory or boast, it says in another translation, boast in this that you understand me and you know me. And so I remember reading that at literally age 17. And I said, I wanna be a person who knows God. Later I found out the word know is the Hebrew word yada, which means to know in a very intimate way like a man knows a woman. Later in life, I found a scripture in Psalms 103 that says the children of Israel wanted to know the miracles or the acts or the wonders of God but Moses wanted to know God's ways. And I found that when I was a freshman in seminary and I said, God, I want to know you and I want to know your ways. And I really became a true friend of God, not just because he said so, because I really did. <laughs> yeah. And it became a, a love story. And out of that, many people's lives were changed. Yeah, absolutely. And I've heard you say on many occasions this year, especially, Tim, that it's really transformed that ever-evolving love story that you have with God. And I wonder if you could share a little bit about how that's happened. Well, I think that I think any love story is challenged. Um, you have communication challenges. You have uh, differences of opinion challenges. You have outside um, circumstance challenges. And I think that with COVID-19, that COVID-19 has been a big challenge to love of any form. Yeah. Uh, whether it be love for yourself, love for your job, love in relationships, love between children. And so things have been challenged, even love between you and your creator, because you begin to wonder in the midst of a COVID-19 of why do bad things happen to good people? If you're so powerful, God, omnipresent, omnis omniscient, why don't you just bring your mighty right hand and just change it right now? And so I think that because of the challenges of things in life, that as you teach, it could actually give you an opportunity to deepen your love relationship, to bring more maturity to your love relationship. So I think COVID-19 has given many people the opportunity to deepen the relationship even with God because you're trusting even though you don't understand. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's the deepest kind of trust and faith. You know, when we think of the trust fall, it really is about saying, no matter what, I know that you're there and I know that you'll catch me, you know, and, and I've said, as people are really dealing with so much conflict in their relationships and family, and especially in, in couples, it's saying, you know, the person that you're dreaming of, if they think that isn't the person that they're married to, I said, they could be lying right next to you. But so often it's your their wounds that you're seeing rather than their heart. And I think the only way we can see the heart is doing exactly what you've described, Tim, which is 
having that relationship with God, really understanding what, what true, unconditional, faithful love is all about, you know, and I know that you talk a lot about that, even with, with parents and their children, you know, to guide, to guard, to govern. Yes. So if you could share that a little bit, because I think it's important for couples to keep that in mind too, because that, that goes with their relationship with each other too. Yeah. And I think that, you know, this is again, something that you teach, because I love your teaching is that there has to be, there has to be structure and there has to be principles and guidelines to better any relationship. And so in the home, uh, God sets, sets it up that the parent is to do three things, to guide, which is direction, to guard, which is protection, to govern, which is administration. Mm-hmm. And um, he sets it up that way because there has to be structure, guidelines, and principles. But then Psalm 23 says, the Lord is your shepherd. And he does those three things. He guides, direction, guards, protection, governs, administration. So as we as we fall into line with the leadership and the structure and the principles, it just enhances um every side of our love life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and I know a lot of your coaching is with couples who are in business together. So what are some tips and tools that you might be able to provide to kind of help people shore up? Because I think this has been a year, I've said it's a magnifier. If you have any cracks in your relationship or your life, this has just put a magnifying glass on them. Yeah, I think it's important to note that we have different areas of our life. You have your mental side with clarity of mind. Then you have your spiritual side. So then thirdly, you have your physical Mm -hmm. about doing the best you can to keep in shape and being healthy. Uh, Then you have your job. And for some, your job is at home, taking care of your kids or whatever you do at home. Uh, Then you have your financial side. Then you have your family, and then you have a side that a lot of people don't pay attention to, and that is your social life or your recreation and hobbies. And what I find that when a lot of couples work together, they sometimes get so into the job and the finances that they begin to forget about the other sides of their life. And one of those is the social life and the recreation and hobbies. And I would say a very high percentage of people that I coach that are husbands and wives that work together, they have some challenges. Yeah. And they always tell me it's very difficult to uh, compare, uh, put into a compartment, a, a compartment or into an area, mm-hmm. the job versus the personal life. And so it's that idea of, you know, when you're done with work, you gotta close the drawer and then move on to the next thing. So, I mean, you've heard it, Amy, these these date nights are a must in these relationships. <laughs> I think you gotta you gotta keep that up. You gotta you gotta make room for the for the romance, uh, especially if you work together. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. I I joke because I'm often a third wheel on date nights for couples. 
they say, well, we, we have a session with you and then we go out for dinner. And I yeah. said, well, that may not set you up for a really great dinner if we have a hard session, but it can. Um, but it is, it is really, it is neat to see when it's intentional, you know, and I think that's the other thing that it's really about that intentional focus and that intentional ability to put a boundary between the two in order to protect both areas. And I know also all of this starts in a person's mind, you know, and, and I would really love to hear now more about the miracle mentality, because I believe so strongly that when people in relationships, when people are creating a love story, it starts here. I mean, it's, and it starts here with our, with our bond, with our creator. Um, and that means we also have to renew our mind and our mindset. Yeah. So my new book, Miracle Mentality, that comes out uh, in February of 2021. So it's with HarperCollins. And it's, it's really an observation of getting the privilege of traveling around the world and seeing different climates and cultures and people and, and really studying them and seeing that most people kind of lived in these categories. Number one, the mundane. Mundane is the regular, the status quo. Uh, number two would be the messy, the disheveled, the unkept. The third would be the madness. Mm. And I think that COVID-19, the pandemic, took a lot of people into the madness that they never thought they would live in. And the fourth area is, is one that is not uh, visited very often. And if people visit there, they don't usually stay there. And that is the miraculous. Mm -hmm. So a miracle is something extraordinary. It is uncommon. It is not normal. And it, it is something that is beyond. Mm -hmm. So if you notice that most children, they have a miracle mentality. When I speak at schools, even in third world nations, I'll say, what do you want to be when you get older? The president. What do you want to be? A soccer player, a football player, a basketball player. They never say, I want to be divorced seven times. I want to be bankrupt four times. It's always something that is of the miracle mentality. So if that's the case, then I wanted to do a study of what happened to our miracle mentality. So mentality, as you know, is a mindset. Uh, frame of mind. So what has happened to our miracle mentality? And I, I found that a lot of people, they get caught in that mundane, and then they try to sprinkle a little bit of magic on it. <laughs> <laughs> or they get caught in the, in the messy and they sprinkle ma magic on it. Or they, they're caught in the, in the madness and they try to sprinkle a little bit of magic dust or miracle dust on that. And that just doesn't work. So the book, a lot of it is so good about making room, mm -hmm. making room for miracles in your life. Yeah. But also having an eye for miracles. Because I think we get so busy that sometimes we miss a butterfly that just flew right by us. I love that. I love that. And what I hear too is that those miracles are all around us. 
you know, that people often think, well, why don't I have that? Or it would be nice, or maybe someday, you know, but realizing what's happening now. And I think, you know, you talk so much about that, getting awake, getting aware of what's going on around you, mm -hmm. including the miraculous. We have to be honest about the areas that aren't working, but sometimes it takes people more trust and more, it feels more risky to trust in the miracles, you know, to, to really put faith into that. Because as I've said, joy is a scary emotion for a lot of people who've been through trauma. And I think this year has impacted people a lot. So when people are struggling to really trust the miracles in their life or trust the miracles in their relationships, how would you encourage them that, that it's worth the risk? It's worth taking that chance. Yeah, what, you, what you're describing is that it is many times foreign territory to people or unknown territory that, that I know some men that it seems like they haven't laughed in 30 years. They're really boring, you know? <laughs> They might be highly successful, but they are some boring people. And, um, but I think that if they would take the risk and realize that there's something beyond just their job mm. or being very powerful and wealthy, that they could be fun again, that it can, it can loose it, it could loose you into an area that the Bible talks about that I had not seen or ear had not heard, neither has it entered in the heart of man what God has prepared for those that love him. Yeah. And so that's, that's what I found in my own life is that right when I thought that I was happy, I moved into this amazing joy that I now walk in. And the, the joy, I would not say was completely foreign, but this kind of joy, I did not know. So I think that it's a, it's a matter of taking a chance, taking a risk and going from the low dive in the swimming pool to the middle dive and climb up a little higher and just jump off that high dive. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And it, it ties back to what you said about having that childlike wonder and curiosity you know, and keeping that innocence that you talk so much about, just keeping that fresh innocence, um, which means we have to filter what we allow into our mentality, you know, what we're allowing to, to shape that and color that, because I know you have very um, careful boundaries around what you allow in to your heart. I do. And I, and I, I live in the wonder and I, and I create it. Um, I created by the music that I listen to. Um, I created by watching old cartoons that I used to like. So I, I may turn on the Flintstones, Tim Story's watching the Flintstones in the middle of all these powerful dynamic things that I get to do. I watch the Flintstones. I'm really into Elvis Presley movies. And so I was watching one two nights ago and I just got a kick out of it because the guy's just talking to somebody and he'll break out in a song at any time. So I, I, I live in the wonder on purpose. Mm. But Tim, what about real life? Yeah, you deal with the mundane. We still have the mundane. I have to throw my trash out on certain days. I have to go to the DMV sometimes. You know, we have to deal with the mundane. That's part of life. Mm. But in the midst of my mundane, I make room 
And sometimes I stir up my own wonder. I love yeah. that. I love that. And again, I, I think people sometimes don't think about the fact that that takes an intentional effort. It's a whole lot easier to get sucked into the the busyness of life and the busyness of that, even in our relationships and to have blinders on to how, how we can keep that wonder and curiosity, whether it's with God or, or with our parents or siblings or our spouse and partners or our children, you know, that that's an element of keeping that fresh and interesting. No, I love what you're saying with using the word intention. You've used it a few times in this talk. And it's, it's so important, that word. And I would say that's one of the secrets of my success is that I will announce and pronounce that life is good. Yeah. I announce and pronounce that I'm gonna do huge things. <laughs> and when I didn't say them verbally when I was young, I announced it to my mind <laughs> and I just knew I was gonna be. I'll never forget, this one teacher when I was uh, probably in the ninth grade said, Timmy Story, come here for a minute. And I said, how you doing? And I said her name. She goes, I was watching you. You walk like you are walking on clouds. And I'll never forget that probably 20 times in my life, I've heard the very same statement. You walk like you're walking on clouds. One of the people that said it was, Jean Stone, who was the editor of her husband's books, Irving Stone, who wrote the great book on the life of Michelangelo. She saw me in the airport, I'd never met her. And she said, I wanna meet you because you walk like you are walking on clouds. Yeah, it's Did intentional. Did she know the impact that her husband's book has had on you? We didn't, she did not know until we sat next to each other uh, on our way to Maui, Hawaii. And when she told me who her husband was because he had passed away. Uh, I mean, it was like, what a God set up. And I told her and she really cried. And she says, oh my goodness. And then she just started quoting the book. And I said, why do you know it so well? She goes, I wrote a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true oneness, right? Exactly. Well, yeah. she was his editor and she, that was cute though. She goes, I wrote a lot of it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And for those of you who don't know, um, do you want to share just a quick version of what what that what I was referring to in terms of her husband's book? Yeah, what happened is that when I was in the sixth grade, my teacher asked me to stay after class. And when he said, Timmy's story, can you stay after class? All the class went, ooh, like he's probably in trouble. So then I came up to his desk and he says, Timmy, I want to tell you something. I think you are. They didn't know what he was going to say. The words hung in the air because I thought maybe he'll say, you're a good basketball player because I noticed he was in the game and I was. Uh, you're a good dancer because I just won the dance contest. He says, you are brilliant. And when he said those words, they were, they were so impactful because I'd never heard them aimed at me. And so he labeled me brilliant. And he says, because you're brilliant, I want to know if you want to check out one of the books from my personal library. And he reached down into his briefcase and took out three books and put them across the desk. It was very organized. And I, I decided to choose the one uh, by Irving Stone on the life of Michelangelo. And reading that book 
took me into somebody's life like Michelangelo. I felt like I was in his life and saw the way he saw, thought the way he thought for several weeks of my life. And being in a cramped and crowded house that was lower income, it took me to a whole different place. That is tremendous. That is tremendous. No wonder she shed tears on the plane. I love that. Oh, Tim, I could talk, you know, we could talk for hours and I, I want to respect your time. And I just so appreciate all that you've shared. Before we go, there are two questions I'm asking of each of our guests. The first is who taught you to love? And the second is how would you define a legendary love story? I would say that the place where I learned love, you would think that it would be like in human form of my father or my mother or my aunt. Um, I'm gonna have to say, I learned to love through God. And I, I feel like my early God connection at um, seven, eight, nine, uh, feeling his presence, it was a, it was a love that was so beyond. And I say it this way, once you've touched the fire, you don't want to live in the smoke. So I touched him early, early in life. So I got uh, educated in love from my creator, my father, God. And then the second question was, how do you define a legendary love story? A legendary love story to me is one that can stand the test of time. Um, it's not without fault, not without flaws, not without failure, but it's, it's one that endures, but not only endures, but allows love to continue to rise to the top. Mm. Because I think that, that sometimes, you know, people will say, you know, We've been married 49 years, but they don't look happy. We've been married 53 years. So that's, that's love that just endured. I'm looking for love that endures, but also continues to rise to the top. I love that. So when you see that couple, they're still radiant. Yes. Because the love kept rising to the top. Yeah. I love that. That's kind of the believes all things in that in that verse in scripture mm -hmm. yeah i love that thank you so much for being generous with your time tim i know that we have some things that you want to connect our audience to so if you could tell us a little bit about that and then we'll tell people where they can find more of tim's story yes and so for those that are watching amy van slambrook for the first second or third time who are coming from our side, continue to follow her. She's doing amazing, amazing things. Um, I'm excited, Amy, as you know, about the Tim Story Certified Life Coaching Program that we're doing. Yes. And so it's something that's been literally in the works in my mind for 10 years. Mm. And then three years ago, I began to make some steps towards it. And that is to um, begin to mentor uh, new life coaches to send them into the field of life mm. to be better equipped to be good leaders. And so this is for 
parents, if you're a parent, you're a life coach. Yeah. Teachers, coaches, instructors, uh, people who are life coaches for a living, doctors, attorneys, anybody in leadership. Mm. I feel like I can help you to become better at what you do as you coach people. So it's a seven week course online. Wow. And then for two years, I stay with you. Okay. And quarterly, we have calls um, and we will dialogue with each other and other life coaches to find out about your curriculum, what you're doing, how it's working for you, how you're monetizing. So as a Tim Story family of coaches, we can stick together. And I will say this to you, it is working. So I think it is a God idea because we're getting so many people that are signing up and it does not really activate until November the 15th. So um, all the information is at timstory.com and that's S-T-O-R-E-Y. All the information Amy will put there, but timstory.com and um, invest in yourself. And by investing in yourself, you can change a lot of lives. Even if you change one life by becoming a coach, I think it'd be worth it. Yeah. And it's, I can say personally, it is absolutely unrivaled because it was maybe 10 years in the works in terms of a formal curriculum, but it has been decades in the making in terms of your wisdom, the experts you've brought in and learned from, and this, the massive amount of studying you've done, Tim, and that's just not something you find on the market. So I really want to encourage people. This is different. This is not just your average become a life coach program. This really comes with so much depth and credibility. So well, thank you very much. And thank you for helping so much. Uh, Amy is one of the people that I go to because of her amazing knowledge and information and her spirit. And so you'll see some sprinkles of Amy Van Slambrook in many things that we do around the Tim Story Camp. Oh, Tim, thank you so much. You are a treasure in my life and I appreciate you so much. And please go find more of Tim, Instagram, Facebook, all over and the congregation family church as well. Um, join us on Sundays, that would be great. And just thank you, Tim. I know everyone will love every bit of nugget of wisdom in this. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Elevated Podcast. You can find out more about me and the amazing guests on our show on my website, amyvanslambrook.com. And if you have a moment, we'd love to hear your honest review of the show because nothing lights my day up more than seeing your comments, your questions, your aha moments, because that's what this is all about. We want to elevate your thinking so you can elevate your life.